right. Well, hi, everyone. We are back. Love at first laugh is back from 2021. We're back in 2022. Yay. Thank you guys for joining in. Dave. Hi, Dave. Nate. David. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, today, I'm so excited because my first episode back to Love at First Laugh is my guest that I adore. I mean, I can't even, I don't have words. Words are not enough to describe this, this woman. She is an incredible human being. I call her an earth angel, and I don't give that title to many people. She is incredibly talented. She's an actress, writer, producer, director. I mean, she's incredible. She's a comedian, everything, you name it. She's She is it. She is the it girl. So please welcome my dear friend, Lydia Cornell. Hi, oh, Lydia. Grace, <laughs> you are such, talk about an earth angel. I have to just give you back what you gave me just now. And I have oh. tears in my eyes. Oh, thank you. I love you. I, I love you too. I just got out of Mother's Day brunch and I came home and tried to get ready for this, but I'm thank so glad you. to see you and I love you so much. Oh, the same here. So I adore you. You are, you're truly an earth angel. You just, Thank you. That's the most beautiful introduction. I love you. I love you. you. I from you. the heart, girl. From the heart. You know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy, y'all. I'm so happy to have you here as my first guest. What a beginning. <laughs> it's Me too. So excited. And it's going to be the best year. It's going to be a great year. No matter yeah, what. So far, it's been good to me. How about you? Has it been good to you? Today was the best day of my life in, in three years. After three years of waiting for my son to call me on Mother's Day, he he was so sweet and friendly and like, hi, Mom. I mean, this this was a big thing. So I'll tell you how that came about. I had to surrender and let go and yes. totally not. Yeah, I decided to give him a gift. I'll tell you about that later. But yes, isn't it incredible that. when we instead of pushing things, we allow things to happen, how they just happen miraculously? Yeah. Well, actually. Right? I, I, I was so torn. I was so, you know, upset in, in advance. I decided to cry in advance. You know, like that's, what's that about? Worry in advance. Yes. Five days ago, I said, I'm already going to prepare for the fact that he's not going to call me. So I was going to write him a letter going, are you going to let me, are you going to break my heart again? And I was going to guilt him and nag him. And I made a list of things we could do together. And if you don't want to see me, can you just text me? And it was so subservient and desperate. And I went to a meeting, a spiritual recovery meeting in the morning, and I found out a good friend of mine died, a girl that, a person that I admire, a mentor, and Carrie White, who's a beautiful woman. We were all in shock and grieving, and then my friend, my one of my friends called me, and she said, I said, look, I'm about to send my son this email, and she went, don't do it. Don't do it. Let him off the hook. Give him a gift. This is Vivian Cooper, my beautiful friend, Vivian. If you're watching, I want you to know how much I love you. She said, for once in your life, don't nag him. Don't plead. Don't drop hints. Let go. And she said, in fact, wait, don't let go. Take control of your day on Mother's Day and have a great day no matter what. And don't right. expect him to call you. Don't expect him to call you. And yeah. I did all those things. And I, every time I was tempted to call him, I would just surrender it and give it to the universe, give it to God. And lo and behold, he called me. That is so exciting. And that's, what, that's what happens when we let go. It's about it's about trust yes. and enjoying the day and not being ex anxious over something 
trying to control things. Yes, you know? I was just going to say, and it's that comes from your ego, right? Our ego, not yours, but but all of our egos. It's we want to control things and we want to control the outcomes and. Uh, you know, we want to control what's around us when in reality, we can't control anything. So we can't control anything. And the more we try, control comes out of fear, fear, yeah. you fear, you're not going to get what you want, fear you're going to lose what you have. What about just be here now in this very moment? The sky isn't falling. And yes. it is for some Ukrainians, but in, in the moment they're in, there's always a way to survive through the next to the next moment. If you trust the universe, it's like a magical it is a miraculous process and you can get out of trouble that way. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And, and be more joyful too, because you're in the moment. It's all you have. It's right now. The past are memories. The future is imagination. Cause we can like, I'm a genius at imagining like worst case scenarios. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> you do. You know, a lot of crazy scenarios in my head. And I just decided to walk away from the news last week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, imagining the worst. I'm going to create it in my own life, at least. You know, yes. our emotions create a lot of our illnesses, and yes. we can our thoughts, our emotions definitely create our reality. They can be. It can be a positive thing. We can create a positive reality or a negative one, without even knowing. Sometimes our emotions that we bottle up, right? That's right. They show up as a tumor. Yeah. You know, it's like. Oh, that's my anger or my grief or whatever. It's all bottled up in there. Have yeah. I told you this thing before about a friend of mine who had really bad back pain? I mentioned this many times on my other Godshots show. And I want to have you on there, by the way. I love that. Um, a friend of mine had serious back pain. And I said, for some reason, I said, do you look back too much? Do you regret the past? Oh, my God. And he went, oh, my God. Constantly. I'm always in the past. I'm always feeling guilty and regretful over things. And he decided to not do that anymore. And the back pain went away. I'm not kidding. I'm wow. not kidding. No. Like a major. I'm a big believer of that. Yes, absolutely. But it's, it's crazy. Like some people know, you know, what actually there's a book. I can't remember her name, but it's a book about healing. Yeah. She names all the uh, parts. Like if you have, you know, heart issues, why, you know, where's the emotion is coming from or the thoughts are coming from. And it's genius. I'll, I can't remember her name, but I'll I'll send yeah. you a post it, you guys, if you guys want to read it. Uh, it's a fantastic. the heart is the organ of love. Yes. So the more loving you are, and if you can't get enough love, be loving. It's yes. an action, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Joe. Hi, David Cook. Some of my yes. favorite people are here. Joe, thank you guys for joining us. We can't comment back for some reason. Oh. Stranger doesn't let us post comments to Facebook, okay. so we'll just interact with you. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we'll just do that with with them. Um, if you guys have any questions for Lydia, feel free to type them, and I'll post them on the screen. Hi, Chris. Chris is here. Hi, Nate. Oh, cool. Awesome. I love it. So um, I'm I'm curious to know. Uh, I have some personal questions. Um, okay. Uh, you know, something that we all deal with, like sometimes we want to quit whatever we're doing because we get frustrated. Um, have you ever wanted to quit? Uh, if so, how did you keep going? Well, the acting profession is so quittable at times for women, especially back when I was in my 30s and I had been guest starring on all these shows during hiatus. My show lasted six years and every hiatus I would do a hotel or a love boat or a TJ hooker or 
yeah. Simon and Simon or Hardball or Quantum Leap. And then suddenly I hit 35. And I remember a casting director said to me, wow, you look good for 35. Like you're old. And I went, oh my God. 35 is considered old when I was in, the, you know, coming up in the industry. And it's really taken till 2016 when women started really coming out for their rights to say, I'm sick of being treated like a sex symbol or just an object. Mm -hmm. And I remember I couldn't walk down the street without either being whistled at or being told you're, you're ugly. You know, like you're, it, it was a weird, it's a lot of women get that feeling that you're just- Who told you ugly? What is wrong with, I mean, I mean they, they need some glasses. No, no, you know, we can all look our, we, we, you, know, you know, without makeup or whatever, you're out, looking frumpy one day. And it's like men, we become too male oriented toward Mm -hmm. being approved of and, and women yeah. have this trouble it's not just and men too that are looks at society you know i yeah. mean guys with the abs when the calvin klein ab you know ads came out yeah but it's such a superficial business and it takes so long to find your soul mm -hmm. and to really take that journey of discovery and do you love yourself enough to say i'm gonna quit i quit the industry only when i was offered the sleaziest rollers howard stern had a show called Son of a Beach, the Phantom Dildo. And my agent called me up, said, you've got to be at MTV for the Phantom Dildo. And I went, I will never, ever do a show called the Phantom Dildo. It's beneath me. I was on the TV series. How long do I have to get ready? That's my next comment was, oh, I'm so scared to say no. It's almost like we're whores in this business. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. And you have to look like a slut. You have to put in the push-up bra and, push yeah. oh. and be skinny. And if you gained a couple pounds, you want to kill yourself. And that's the industry. And then I was racing through traffic to get there on time. And of course, I didn't get the role. And I was grateful, but I was pissed off at the same time. that I didn't get You know, I'm so mad I didn't get a role that I didn't want. I didn't want okay. it. Yes. <laughs> that's if, if there's a definition of ego, isn't that ego when we do that? Like, I don't want it, but I want to get it just to totally. prove something, right? Isn't and it then crazy? there was a role on Entourage yes. that they called me in for, and they wanted me to play my former self. And I had to be in a hot tub, and they wanted me to have big lips. My lips weren't big enough. They weren't plastic enough. Another famous actress got the role who had big lips. But I realized I didn't want that role either because I would have to use the F word be a total sleaze and i didn't want my future children my children to see that one day yeah you know, I hear you. so that was <laughs> have you ever rejected a role because it was something you didn't want uh to be out there forever and your children to see it yeah yeah entourage that one that one was the one that you rejected but uh, like other ones was that the um, only one or there was another one it? yeah there was another one that was like that there was one that Time in life where all women, I was being treated like just a dumb blonde all the time. Yeah. It takes a lot. You know, Farrah Fawcett had to do extremities on Broadway and burning bed and be raped and, and battered on in, in her. Was she raped in that role? She was an abused wife, I think, oh. in extremities or burning, burning bed. And she had to go that far to make herself look abused and, and, and hor horrible in order to get a, a real acting job. Yes. It was considered too pretty. And um, who else? Charlize Theron had to gain 90 pounds to play. Was it Monster? Monster, yes. Yeah. She, she still looked good, though. <laughs> Even though it's like her ugly looks good. Yeah. yeah. She always looks good. So but you felt like you had to be taken seriously. 
Yes. So did you feel like you always had to like prove yourself and prove to others? It was kind of like a codependent thing. It was yeah, more of a I mean, fear. I right? writing my own material like you do. I wrote my own material and I went, wow, this is fun. I did a one woman show. The audience was cheering and they were on their feet clapping. And I went, oh, they're laughing at my original jokes because I wrote them from my own mouth. This right. fit. Men can't write. I hate to say this. A lot of men and God bless sex in the city, but it's all written by a lot of men. Yes. And I could write, I wrote jokes that were funnier than those jokes. And I'm so mad. I didn't have the courage to give them the script and say, oh. you know, yes, all men, right. All men writing sex. In the city. Yeah. And it's our show. It's women. It's our, it's our yeah. life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you have any writing strategies when you write your own stuff? Isn't that weird writing? Um, yes. Where did writing start? It came out of me like automatic magic. It came out of me. I have suitcases and suitcase fulls of poetry, comedy bits. I have a thing called the humor files. I would write down every time I would have an experience in life, I would write it down and I would see the absurd angle on it. And I twist it around and write down. I'd say, everything just seems interesting to me in life. And I don't think there's a strategy if you're a real writer in your heart. Um, I think, oh, did you hear that? No, that, that was me. And it's my bad because I should have. I'm going to turn my phone off. That's okay. Yeah, there. I got How it. do you write? I mean, I, I, writing is something that comes organically. But I, yes. the other day I came up with something for the preface of my book, which is already written now. And I'm turning it in soon. Thank God. Finally. Nice. But the first version of the book I'm writing now, Hiding My Brain in My Bra, turned, somebody said it was too funny. They said your book is too Wait, funny. What? And what's the problem with that? They said they said where's the where's the we we want to know who you are first. Don't camouflage all the pain through humor. And I realized God. I was unconsciously unwilling to delve into the pain of some of my real issues in my family history. Mm. And actually, when I started exploring the family history, I became enamored of it. I love my father's story in Shanghai. And how we met my mother and, and this grandmother I have, one of them is Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin and the other great grandmother. And the other one was the first police officer in the Wild West. She rescued prostitutes, bailed them out of jail, took them home and fed them. Oh, and she had the most amazing life. She did more like in one day, she escaped through the woods with two babies in her arms from an abusive husband, ran through a, to a train jumped on a train, went to the next town just to get her mother to rescue her, said, Mom, I've, I've left my husband. He was beating us. He was beating them with whiskey bottle. Ugh. And um, this is in the Alamogordo Cloudcroft area of New Mexico. And she was only 26, had these two toddlers. Her mother said, I will not let you in the house. No divorced woman will cross my threshold. She was a religious woman. Wow. Callie, undeterred, jumped on the next train, found the next town, El Paso got off the train, got a job in a boarding house as a cook and became the most famous chef. Like everyone came from all over for her food, raised her little girls alone. Then, you know, met the love of her life who died of the 1918 flu. She nursed him to health. Then she goes and becomes the sheriff, the first female police officer in the wild west for 25 years on the vice squad. All what by her And I get upset over a flat tire. You know, I mean like, <laughs> right. you know, 
<laughs> the big we, yeah, puts things in perspective for we sure. Have easy lives, really, when we think about what our our mothers. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes, and we should be actually grateful for every moment we're on this planet. I I think so. Think? We're so lucky to you know have everything that we have. Don't you? Aren't you grateful to be alive, Grace? Oh, girl, am I? <laughs> yes, I very am grateful. Too. Very, very grateful. Every minute counts. Um, I hear. We let's look at some comments. That's a very inspiring story. I love it. Thank you, Nate. Hi, Pete. I'm going to sit on a cushion. Hang on. Is that better? Yeah, popped up. <laughs> well, our heads like match. Our heads have to be the same size. <laughs> I love it. And also, Nate, okay. that's a great title for a book, Lydia. Thank I you. I love it. Hi, Alexa. My, my goddaughter, Alexa, I love her. She has a great country radio show. She's got her own radio show. Oh, that's so oh. cool. Here she is. I'm so excited to hear even more of your stories. I can't wait for it to finally come to fruition. I'll be number one in line to buy it. Thank you. Oh, what a sweetheart. In my in the first movie I did in Greece, in the Greek Isles, with Martin Cove, who's the oh star of Cobra Kai, James Earl Jones, Jose Ferrer, Lila Kedrova, they all won Oscars. Lila Kedrova won an Oscar for Zorba the Greek. James Earl Jones, you know, was Darth Vader and the Great White Hope. He was on Broadway when I got when he got the I got the movie with him. So they made me do a drowning scene, and I'm swimming out in a bikini, and they wanted me to look like I was topless. And I refuse to do any nudity. I to this day I won't do nudity. And I hear you. And they kept trying to force me, and they had this underwater camera in the ocean. And I'm swimming along. I have to swim, it felt like miles. And the director, we were in the Aegean Sea. And the director, I couldn't hear him yelling, cut. And I kept begging the wardrobe lady, we couldn't speak the same language. She was Greek, and I was I was going, What? Cover this, cover this. And um she went, ah. We tried bandages, they fell off in the water. Finally, she came up with zinc oxide, white zinc oxide. Very smart. And it was it couldn't come off in the water. And <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. They tried, they got they got all these shots of me, and it was all white. So they couldn't use any of those shots. Oh so no. I won. That's oh. what they make you do in this business. The things they make you do. Absolutely. Was there a time when you were like on set and you didn't know you had to do something and they asked you to do it and you were like, no, no, thanks. Or you had to do it and comply? Just that time. I, I, that I never, time. well, I wouldn't do the entourage. I love entourage and I love, love entourage. It was such an over sexualized, sexist TV show. But um, you and I should do the reverse of entourage, the female version, you know? We can oh, have yeah. Oh, That'd be fun. oh, what happened? It's a friend of mine. I wonder if she's watching. She's the one I mentioned that told me not to call my son. Of course, if my oh, son's watching no. right now, I'm sorry for talking about you. Oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> it's oh okay. She did, she did a good thing. So, I mean, we love her. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah can't go wrong. It's all good. Um, so, who is your favorite person and why? Favorite person? Yes. Oh, wow. That's tough. Wow. Favorite human being that I know or? Human being. Yes, in general. I think, 
I'm beginning to like myself more than I did before. This has been a long process. I used to hate myself. I went through a lot of, because I had a very abusive upbringing, abusive mother, but I love her now to pieces. Uh, I can't, I think my son, to be honest with you. Oh. Because if I look at the baby pictures, I'm going, oh my God, how could I have had this incredible creature? And why didn't I spend 24 hours a day with him? And he would have turned out to be a complete weirdo if I had, but... Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think my son and I, and I like myself now. Good. It's really strange. I really do. Good. Favorite person. God, that's a tough one. I wish you told me this earlier. I would have thought about it. I, yeah, I didn't read that uh, to you. <laughs> I just wanted to surprise you. Um, who is your favorite person? Ooh, that's a tough one. That, I mean, that question is it's really... a tough one. Okay, now you you punched me. Um, I don't know. I would say my dad, and I wish I had more time with him. Oh, I wish my dad too. You're right. Really? Oh, I wish I'd had more time with him. I know. Me too. Oh, my dad was also very funny. We were like, we have. If you look at a picture of us together. We have the same energy, like the same exact energy. And we look the same. We're like twins. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah, my dad, definitely. Definitely. Dad. That's, my dad, too, I guess. He we used to do. He took me to do sun worshiping yoga. He was a violinist. He grew up in Shanghai. He was so exotic and interesting and fascinating and kind of quiet. Quiet people always, they kind of rule the room in a way because if they're quiet, you're always looking at them, wondering what are they thinking. Yes. And loudmouths, it's like you know what they're thinking. It's like <laughs> I don't know what that person's thinking. The mystery, yeah. you know. And my dad was also quiet, but when he opened his mouth, he always said something funny. Oh, that's sweet. Oh my. God. I know. He was he was so cute. All humans are a flawed, and there's no. I don't yeah. like to worship any human. Um, no. Mm -mm. But I am beginning to, the reason I say I like myself more is that I, I, I really did this thing called, I was interested in finding out what creates a really good soul. And oh. I'm writing in my book, not just my book, the memoir, which is really now a historical memoir with a lot of humor in it. Um, another book I wrote on this, it's called The Sylvia Plan about Stalin's plot to kill Trotsky. Yeah. I was obsessed with, with history, Russian history. And... There was a woman in this book that I've been writing about, Sylvia Agaloff. She was the dupe, and the assassin played her and seduced her. The Virgin and the Assassin is the title of it now. Nice. And he, I was interested in what creates a really good soul. And it takes years to kind of undo the damage, get rid of the ego, shed the selfishness, and get to a place where you really love all humanity. I feel like I'm getting there. I'm not at all. I'll never be. But I'm beginning to love people in a way I didn't think possible. And even my enemies, so-called enemies. Yes. That's when you know that you've grown, when you're able to forgive and release, I call it. You know, you forgive, yeah. release, and you love them. You just don't yeah. want to be around them. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's all good. Around them. You don't have to hang around them. No, you don't have to hang out with them. Uh, just, But you love them. I know. I never thought that that was possible, but I'm also like you're working on on that and, and feeling it more and more with the enemies. So I think when you love your enemies, that's when you know that you've 
ka-ching, went up, you know, <laughs> a, a better version of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Love, it, love, and I don't mean, I mean, I'm sick of us all pitting sides against you. I, there are days when I do that, though. Yeah. The yeah. days when I fall back and I go, that asshole. I know, I do too. And then that's like, no, don't say that, Grace. Stop it. That's ego-based. It's like, but, but I, I want to call him an asshole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you look at their pain, as long as they're not doing something corrupt and actually harmful right. to others, you know what I mean? It's really hard to like Putin right now. Putin is yes. ego, dictator, narcissist, just yeah. like another person in our sociopath, pretty much. A sociopath. Yeah. yeah. He's like the highest. Yeah. And, and I have a friend in Russia right now who's texting me frantically. She's amazing and I love her. We were going to do a TV show together. We were working with uh, Roscosmos, the, the Russian space agency, to yeah. do a space race with U.S.-Russia. And we had all these things planned and ready. And I was on the phone with her, Skyping her a couple of years ago in Russia. And she's a prominent filmmaker, won all these awards for her films. She's Beautiful. texting me recently going, I can't get out of Russia. <sighs> oh, God, I shouldn't say this right now. I'm going to be careful. I know. I know. That's okay. We don't know who she is. No. No. I'll never know. So <laughs> no worries. Well, let's answer one of the uh, Nate's question. Nate, it's like typing away. Have you ever had a moment that you just couldn't stop laughing on the set that was priceless? Great question, Nate. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Lots of those, especially with Jim Bullock. Oh. I had a mad crush on him. I'm the only one that didn't realize he was gay. No, that's so funny. I went to work every day the first year, like shaking, hoping he would look at me. And he would always make me laugh because anyone who could make me laugh, I'd fall in love with. That's how I used to be. Yeah. I still am, actually. Yes. And Jimmy would do this big butt walk where he would, like, we would have to walk up the fake staircase behind the stage to get into the downstairs to get into the girl's apartment when we come, yeah. came from the upstairs apartment. If you knew the set, you'd understand. So Jimmy would always be right in front of me. And I would, he would deliberately do this big thing. He would like swish put his butt in my face and then he would do some silly thing and I ended up laughing to the point where I couldn't even come on the set and do my lines this happened oh, over wow. and over and over and they finally had to say kids go to your room go to your dressing room <laughs> what do you do when that happens I remember that once I did uh one of those reenactment shows <laughs> the guy you did? Yeah, yeah, one of way, way back. And one of the guys, one of the actors, he's like, Well, here's my badge. And he couldn't get it out of his pocket. <laughs> and that happened like five or six times. But then when he could get it out of his pocket, I still was laughing. I had to literally bite my lips. I wouldn't laugh because it was so, so funny to me. Oh, I know. So, how do you do to stop yourself from laughing? You can't. You can't know it's impossible. There was a time when they were throwing oatmeal on the prop guy was underneath the kitchen table and it had to look like the baby was throwing oatmeal on the baby was like spinning on me with oatmeal. Yeah. And instead the prop guy was throwing it in my eyeball. <laughs> and every time he'd miss and they, they went make makeup people had to come over and redo all the makeup to make it look like it was the beginning again. This happened like eight takes. Oh my and god. I was giggling too hard. We were all just, we were, we couldn't stop laughing. We never got the shot. We had to come back wow. and do it. Like we did do another after the lunch rehearsal. We had to come back and do it later in the day. I don't know. It's just show business. Is silly. It's completely absurd. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. But we do need to be entertained. So somebody's got to do the job, right? Yeah. 
They used to make yeah. me um, have to be super thin. And they caught me eating a taco, a burrito, and a bag of M&Ms on the set one day. I came in from <laughs> the food truck. Because in our we, we were on the same lot as Solid Gold. And All in the Family was our soundstage. Nice. We inherited the soundstage of All in the Family. You may not know that show. It was a great show. And so there was no cafeteria. But I come in with Fritos, M&Ms, and a burrito. And Arnie Sultan, our producer, goes, don't you know you're a sex symbol? You can't eat starch. In those days, it was called starch. Carbs. Yeah. Carbs, yeah. And I was, I threw, the, the food went flying in the air, and I go crying to my dressing room, and Audrey Meadows came in to, like, comfort me. She goes, you're in show business. You're not allowed to eat those kind of foods. Oh and backstage, God. the prop guys, I love you, Leon, if you're listening, um, Leon would, would put a spread out of, bagels and donuts and you know sprinkles and there'd be ice cream in the freezer and there'd be like you couldn't resist it yeah you know yeah, of course of but course you're not supposed to eat if you're a girl i mean i, I i'm i'm over it you know what i mean like I, I, yeah. I hear you i hear you that must have been tough you know to have to be like a certain size all the time did you go on special diets or did you like not eat at all yeah the cocaine diet. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> I hear a lot of us were kind of, you know, in the 80s. The 80s were not the best time for all that. <laughs> no. And don't you love now, like, the movement where, like, Lizzo and all, a lot of other celebrities are like, screw it. This is my size. You don't like it. Don't look at me. And it's like, I think it's, it's freeing a lot of us from that era, you know, where we had to be, like, skinny. That was the thing. Um, and also it helps the girls growing up now in this yeah. time, you know, Definitely. where you have like the IG models where they Photoshop everything, <laughs> you know. Kardashians, I hate to say it. I know everyone rags on the poor Kardashians, but oh my God, that there was the big butt movement for a while. Oh, big I butt on Instagram. <laughs> but like ridiculously big, like there's no butts like that. Like you, if you have a waist like that, your, your butt cannot be like this. Your waist, a waist this big and then a butt that big. It doesn't happen in nature. No, it doesn't happen in nature at all. They're Photoshop. And it's like, wow. I mean, it, it's almost worse today than it was in my era. The the looksism. Either way. Yeah. You know, you, it's like, why are we so obsessed with how we look? But then again, it's a visual, it's a visual universe. It's a visual Instagram, especially is all pictures. So what are you gonna do? But it's porn. Exactly. And it's funny to see, like, you know skinny with no butt was in and now it's like medium size with big butts is in it's like what you know everybody's beautiful really it's not like a certain thing that the media or society yeah. tells us is pretty or beautiful hang on uh -oh, ah, i hate when that happens you can't see it then I, i'll try to pretend it's i know like, but it's just bu bugging you like a piece of cotton you know oh, cotton. No, i hate when that happens do you want to do you have contact no, it's gone it, it went away Oh, yeah. oh, good. Yay. <laughs> um, I do feel really for young women on Instagram. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that they're okay. There's a lot of deeply depressed young people that are yes. unsure of how to navigate the world. And I think social media, it's such a cliche to keep saying this, but it's, we got to monitor our use of social media. That's not how you should yeah. be learning. Those aren't the tools for growing up. It's like, it should be once in a while. And share kitten yeah. pictures or something. But to constantly, there's a 13-year-old girl, and I keep reporting it, 
and she's over-sexualized, a 13-year-old. Oh, wow. no. All male followers. And she says, um, I don't know if it's a fake account or whatever, but I've reported it several times. And she goes, um, if you want to DM me, I'll meet you privately. And I'm like, this is this is very scary stuff. Oh. Where predators would lurk. You. And, and she's over, she's like with another girl doing this kind of over-sexualized pose and i don't know uh that's we need our innocence back. i love innocence i love that yeah. feeling of where you're you're young for a few years before you have to go into that world where you have to be over you know looking at yourself as a sex object i know about disneyland i love disneyland yeah yeah it's innocent or or wearing like on the show on too close for comfort i came in wearing a virginal white flowered dress it wasn't low cut. It was very virginal looking. That was what I auditioned in. Yeah. And I got the role and all the other girls were wearing, they wanted a very virginal sex symbol, I think. And um, all the other girls were wearing their nipples hanging out and tight t-shirts. And I thought, <laughs> that's just not me, number one. Yeah. But it's not really, that's too much. It's like less is more. That's what I love. Ted Knight used to say that all the time. Less is Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I what think it, what do all the men think? I don't know. What? Uh, yeah. What do you, got, you guys think? I think like I, I was thinking today, like a nude is like so in your face, you know, uh, whereas if you wear lingerie or you wear something, you know, you cover up, it's actually to me, I feel it's sexier. I don't know. I'm not a yeah. guy, but, you know, I feel like that would be sexier because you want to be like, oh, I want to see more, you know, where the other one is like, here I am. I know. Well, we, were born, we were born nude. I mean, we're, we are animals, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you ever? <laughs> I worked in a nudist resort. Have you ever? Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I but, want to hear about that. But we had to be close. I cannot do nudity in front of people. There's oh, no God. way. You, I cannot. I just can't. No. I, I, I don't even try. But yeah, it was. Uh, woo! It was a lot. And I, I, they booked me for a show, and the booker. Forgot to tell you that it was a nudist resort. I'm like, how did you forget that? Funny. Oh my god, were you the only one wearing clothes? Yes. So we oh. went with another female comic. And so we're like, it said something about clothes optional. Was that? Mm. <laughs> so when the flyer we were on the way, it was in Palm Springs, and when we got there, we were like, oh my god, it was a sea <laughs> of boobs and penises. That's all I saw. Sitting in the audience, everybody. Oh my God. They were crazy. all naked. Yes. Um, and that's I did stand up with me fully dressed and everybody else naked. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Twice that's I did that. Yeah. It's um, it's uncomfortable. And I, I don't know if it's because we're conditioned that that's not right or, yeah. or is for real. But I did Battle of the Network Stars. This is really funny. I, I mean, I'll never forget. Howard Cosell was yelling a megaphone. I'm in the kayak. Joan Collins and William Shatner were on my team. William Shatner was the captain. And he would not get wet. And Joan Collins didn't want to get her hair wet. So I'm stuck. They said they put me in the pool. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to kayak, especially on camera. And I have to look thin and pretty. And I remember it was really scary being on national TV, having to be in your bathing suit all day long when you're a sex symbol. And I was... So scared of not being tan, I put on that fake tanning cream overnight, QT. Oh, yeah. 
And it started dripping off orange colors on the white towel when I got out of the pool. And I'm the paparazzi's rushing over to take pictures of me. And I'm trying to suck in my stomach and pose with and, and they're looking at the towel dripping orange onto the towel. It's like oh. urine. And it's it's like you're trying to contort your body into every angle to look good, you know. And, and I was yes, really it's so uncomfortable. It's so ridiculous. It's not natural. It's, no, I know. I did some, you know, I do comedy and lingerie, right? Oh, yeah, and I love that. Yeah, love for, for the promos, I never like this was like a year and a half ago. I'd never done any like posing or anything. The photographer, suck your belly in, boobs out, and <laughs> down. I was like, I don't know if I can hold this any longer. You know, it's just like so unnatural. But then, it, and it was painful. I was sore the next day. Oh the day. <laughs> it's exhausting. So hats off to you, girl, because I don't know. It's it's rough. People don't understand how tough it is to pose. Well, especially because they will put your picture up later and they'll go, they'll get a really bad angle where you just happen mm -hmm. to be moving. And they look at cellulite. They did that. They looked inside Zac Efron's ear for his earwax. They blew it up in a picture on TMZ. And they went, earwax. And Paris Hilton had cellulite sticking to the, the car seat. And they oh. zeroed in on that with a magnifying. This is the kind of world we live in where they treat you like so dumb. Who cares? You're, you're, you're a failure. You know, you have to be perfect at all times. They have me look like a psychopath in one picture. Where I'm going, oh, my God, really? When I had a stalker. And now I'm the one that looks like the psychopath. People wrote me really nasty hate mail because they caught me with my mouth open. It's not... The celebrity thing is not cracked up. To, it's not all yeah, that's not what it's cracked up to be. Yes. It's, it's not really fun. Annoying. It's not fun. Have no. they ever caught you like in your pajamas going out? Or do you always, did you always, or do you still always have to like, oh my God, be aware of how you dress, put on freaking makeup, your hair? How, how does that work? There are some atrocious photos that my friend keeps sending me as a joke, Ruben. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, there are some from my poster session where we were, they got me really drunk. This is back in the day. I, I'm sober 27 years now, but yay. back in the day, drinking was a crutch. And I remember a lot of us were in our cups. We were, you know, they call it, there were times where I would drink just to get through the, the process. And this poster session I was doing, mounds of cocaine, champagne, this is what they'd bring you. And by the time you're finished with the post, you're taking your bikini off. I mean, there are some right. wild pictures out there of me that I'm mortified by. Oh. I can't do anything about them. I don't know. And there's probably are they on the internet, like on the internet. Are they available or? They're selling them on eBay. <laughs> they sell them on eBay? Oh my God. That, wow. A friend keeps buying them. He's so sweet. I love you, Ruben. But. Uh, and actually, he's really sweet. They're not, he doesn't buy the bat. I mean, they're just. No, they I know, just to get them off the. <laughs> I know, I know what I was going through. They're not horrible looking, but I'm sure there are some in my pajamas sometimes. There's probably some in the car where I ran a red light. I don't know. I would Maybe. be more upset about a pajama picture than a nude. Because <laughs> if you see me, let me tell you, I went to this building and I went like with no makeup, nothing, you know, a mess. And so I went back, like looking like this, and he's like, "Is that you?" Like the, the the doorman was like, "Is that you? Is that Grace?" I was like, "Yeah." Uh, with all due respect, you look great. I'm like, "I know." <laughs> this is what makeup does to you. Yes, and good hair. 
they don't yeah. they don't get it they don't get it no it was like i was transformed all of a sudden it's like oh, wow. you know women we have two you know the the pajama person <laughs> and then the pajama self and then the makeup self <laughs> that's those are my two it's two different people you know it's like <laughs> It so, would be so um, nice and liberating. That's why when you have a purpose higher than yourself, yes, and you care about helping others in some way, and you get rid of self. Like I have this line that I wrote: "All my suffering is a result of thinking about myself too much." When I'm helping yes. others, the ego, the ego ruins our lives if we let it lead. Ego edging God out. E I love it. Yes, it really is true, and yeah. So it's I, like, I, learned this year, I learned that years ago. And then I'm watching politicians with such blatant ego. You can see the ones with <laughs> ego. And it's like, God, didn't they learn that that's the, the killer? That's the thing yeah. that lack of humility is such a turnoff to me, at least. Yes. Yes. And, and do things like you said, if you have a higher purpose, it's like you're here. So what's going on here doesn't matter. Like if this is your higher self, this is your lower self. The ego, I think it's like our lower self, you know? Exactly. Uh, right? And though the higher self is that part of you that I think if you understand what you came to this planet to do, then everything else doesn't matter if you're if you're doing it. Like today, you know, I teach swimming, right? And today, oh. yes, this little six-year-old, I, I take my job very seriously, by the way. Water safety, you know, I want the kids Love to be safe. It. And I want to kind of like not only have fun, which they all have fun in my, in my class, but also like, you know, the little girl's like, you're powerful, you're strong, you're brave. Like, and they're like, yeah, I am. And they start kicking, you know, so I, I do that to them. And so this little girl was like, you know, the mom was like, we went to the beach and she went in the water and she wasn't afraid. And this little six-year-old says, it's because you helped me to be brave. I was like, if anything that was it wasn't my ego it was like oh my god that's the reason i'm still here it's exactly. you're doing this you know and it can be one person one little girl just made my week you know because it's like i understand why i'm here totally i totally right oh my god that whenever i'm helping someone else i'm completely off myself yes. and i feel like oh i'm here for a reason absolutely you know, and that puts everything in perspective. You know, it doesn't matter how you look, how you. When I teach swimming, I don't look too good. <laughs> Gorgeous, you always look good. Oh, I look like a nun because I take care of my skin. So I have a swim shirt, swim pants, swim socks, <laughs> swim cap, and goggles. Yeah, socks. Oh my god, I want to see that. You need yeah, to wear swim socks. Sure I'm posted. I saw. I do that one day. <laughs> It's like a nice. Yes. Um, so, oh, I, I wanted to ask you this question. Do you have any favorite quotes? And if so, what do or does it mean to you? Oh, my God. I have so many favorite quotes. I wish I'd known this earlier. I, I don't have them fresh. Um, I love the serenity prayer, which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And I love, um, oh God, I have, I have, God, I have so many quotes I love. I'm constantly quoting people. Well, go for it. I said quote or quotes. <laughs> so I have to, I have, I can't find it right now. Wait. Um, 
I love the one. It's it's it is by self forgetting that we find. It's by dying to selfishness. That's from the Saint Francis prayer. It's by self forgetting that we find. That we find um, versus looking for. Yeah, it's yeah. by self forgetting that we find everything. Yeah. Oh, and, and there's another one from the Tao. Tao twenty two. Once you've attained wholeness, everything will flock to you. True. That's part of the allowing versus pushing, right? And this is the universe. And everything is here. There's no reason to ever struggle. We don't know that, though. And you don't have to, to work so hard to get from point A to B. You have to sort of accept the abundance of the universe and realize you're a child of this universe. You're meant to be here. And you're meant to be fed and clothed, just like the lilies of the field. I mean, we really are meant to enjoy life. Yes, to be. Just be. To be, to enjoy life. Yes, but we're not programmed to do that. We're programmed to work hard, achieve, succeed. It's like, that's not what life is about. We're a material. It really isn't. Customer. Yeah. And because we're looking at the news, it's all the bad things going on, or, or let's say the, the Dow or the, yeah. the lack of growth. What? Who wants massive growth? All with, The economy shouldn't be always growing to the point where they're measuring it by the wrong standards. They're measuring a lot of things by the wrong standards. There's a lot of greed driving the rent prices, the rent there should be, you think about it, you know, I don't know. I'm sort of the Native Americans who the land belongs to all of us. Yes. I'm not a hippie. I'm not a communist. I'm into the idea that if we were less greedy and we had, we have enough for everyone. Yes. We have a much happier world, you know? Absolutely. What do you feel is your mission? Like, why are you here on this planet? I read this book once called The Seven spiritual laws of success. And I think it said, my, your purpose is to love and be loved and share and then to spread that love to others. Yes. Um, first, you have to love yourself though. You have to put your oxygen mask on first yes. in airplane before you can help someone else. And you can't give away what you haven't got inside. So first find that love for self, love yourself. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean ego. It's, but, it's a different, the higher self love. Yeah. Yeah, and when you finally are not resentful and envious of everyone else, because that's a person who has no self-esteem, when you really are happy inside, share it. I think my mission is to actually grow to that place where I'm less self-centered, mm -hmm. vain, look at, I'm looking at how I look and all this stuff. Um, and I can really be giving to others and to help people find that abundant joy of life. Because I found a way to overcome suicide. I was suicidal. Damn. I was I was a radioactive drop dead drunk. I couldn't. I almost dropped my baby down the stairs in a blackout. Mm. I um. I was saved by a mirror. I mean, I literally all I did was, by the grace of surrender, walked into a recovery meeting and surrendered it. I, I gave up my fight. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it happened. I do believe there is magic. I do believe in this thing called the higher power. Some call it God. Some call it just the beauty of life, the force of love, the force of love, the creative mm -hmm. force of love. I don't, I'm not religious, but I really do believe there is a force of love that will pick us up if we simply recognize it and go with the flow and not fight and resist and keep asking, you know, keep fighting ourselves. And it's in, inside us. It's actually within us. The kingdom is within all of us. Yes. It's not out there. It's not some man in the sky with a long white beard. There's no. no <laughs> God. There's no. Um, yeah. 
it's this that's Santa Claus. That's not God. That's <laughs> a morphic man-like being in yeah. the same way. No. No. And it's not meant, and it's not, we're not supposed to punish and hurt each other. No vengeance. We're not supposed to kill each other. We're supposed to simply go with the flow. Love. Love each other. Yeah. And when I act on those principles, my life goes better. Door The, the door opens. A call comes in for work. I went through a real hardship for a few years. Yeah. And I practiced these principles and everything was restored. I, I, you know, I almost lost everything and everything came back. And I'm telling you, there is magic in this universe, but you have to believe it. You have it, to allow it, right? Allow it to that. happen. You know, what I'm doing lately is before, like if I wanted something, I would push for it. I would do it. Now it's like, if it's meant to be for me, it's going to come to me. If it's not, it's, and me like too. you said, a phone call. Like vacation, for example, I'm like, oh, I got to go. I want to go here. And, and, you know, I'd reserved like Airbnb. And then I was like, I can't afford this shit. So I like canceled my reservations. And then I was like, okay, if I'm meant to go on vacation, I'm going to go on vacation. I had two offers from two friends. One has six Airbnbs in Mexico that are gorgeous on the ocean. He's like, you can come for free, like a few days. Just tell me when. Of course. Yes. Yes. And then I have another friend who's living in the Virgin Islands. And he was like, you, you just come anytime. Just let me know. Oh, my God. I love it. I know. Isn't it cool? Put your intention out there. Yes. The open. I, I had no fear in the beginning of my career after college. I don't know how. I just wandered into a, you know, I would, I, I manifested things. I said, I want to work at Caribou Ranch, this recording studio. And sure enough, by serendipitous coincidence, I call them coincidences, God shots. Um, I was invited to become the business school. I I was in the business college there and I, the university of Colorado, and I invited a couple of concert promoters to come speak a famous one from the own Tulagi's and Barry Faye, the big promoter of the Denver stadium concerts. And I said, I wish I could get into Caribou Ranch. I was thinking I couldn't get in. I tried to break in once I couldn't get in. It's like harder than get get into than the white house. Elton John recorded up there. John Lennon recorded up there. And at this business conference, um, at the end of it, they invited me to have dinner at the Red Lion Inn. And there was the owner sitting with us. He met us there. The owner of Caribou Ranch is sitting across from me. And he said, hey, you should come up to the ranch. So it was like everything I really wanted, I felt like it happened easily. I My intention was really strong. And I sort of, like when I wanted the TV series, I started writing letters to producers in, in Europe. I live, We lived in Holland. My dad died there and I went there to take care of my mom and family while he was on a balloon pump. He'd had a heart attack on his way to a business trip to London. And I was sitting in Holland watching Dutch TV and I would write down the name of all the, at the end of every American TV show, I'd write down the producer's names, handwrite them letters. And when I got to Hollywood, I didn't get a job from any of those letters, but it was the intention of writing the letters because I, I was, focused on going in that direction and the door started to open immediately. Yeah. And then I met Natalie Wood and I got my first part. So that oh, was- that's so exciting. Wow. It's, it is the intention. It's you just put it out there and instead of put, that's what I'm learning. That's my big lesson of 2021. Don't push it. Allow it to happen. Allow. That's, that's the word. Allow. Allow it to happen. Yeah. And it's so like, oh, you know, you just oh. don't do anything really. And I know it sounds crazy, but 
Less is more. That's what Dave Less is more. There you go. Yes, I love that. What I love. Less is more. I love that. But we're coming on to the hour. I know we could talk forever, but we're going to keep it short because you'll be back at some point. I want to say one thing about society right now. I I really love young people and um, I'm holding good thoughts for all of them. In our era, we flirted with each other. We would go to a, even at work, you could flirt. Yes. And you could, I just hope we don't lose that beautiful dance between the sexes and all different kinds of sexes, but that we, it's like they're, they're scared to flirt. They're scared to look at each other. They're scared to pick each other up. I mean, it's a dance. We're supposed to be in love and romance and, and seduction. and Yes. Unless it's unwanted, but then you express oh, unwanted, it. Unwanted, yeah. Tips, no. You know? Yeah. I think that's where they're going towards. It's like unwanted. But I agree with you. I totally agree. It's um, that part of getting compliments or, you know, like the, this guy, this doorman. With all due respect, you look great. It's like, she, he shouldn't even say with all due respect. I mean, you're giving me a compliment. I'm yeah. happy to hear it. Just you look great, you know? A lot of young men, because I have young, I raised three, this is my standard stand-up yeah. line. I raised three boys and two dogs, including my husband, and they all went through puberty at the same time. <laughs> but because I raised boys, I, I can sometimes wonder if the world is becoming they don't know how to navigate the world anymore. You know, it's like, yes, yeah. you don't want to ever come on to a woman who doesn't want you, your advances, but don't give up flirting, you know? Yes. A lot. I have guy friends that are terrified. One of them was me too unfairly. Oh, oh yeah. And so now he's terrified of flirting, mm-hmm. dating. It really affected him and it was unfair. Completely. unfair. Yeah. It's terrible. So yeah. Um, so last question I want to ask you, what do you want to be known for? Kindness. Yeah, I love that. And um, helping people see a new view. Helping, helping develop a really good soul. I want to get there. <laughs> I love you know, it. I want to shed my ego all the way. And I, I, maybe at that point I'll transcend. Who knows? But Yes, I think that's when we transcend, when we go to the other dimension, that's when our ego is gone. But oh less and less and less and less. Yes. And the, yes, I am on the same path. So, yeah. Thank You're you for so sharing beautiful. that. I love you so much. You're such a beautiful soul. Oh. oh, thank you. So are you. I love talking to you. We're like two Leos. To lionesses, right? Leos, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, we're both Leos. What's your birthday again? August August 20th. And mine's July 23rd. So I'm right on the cusp. You're like, I'm on the cusp of Virgo, Leo Virgo, and you're on the cusp of Leo, a Cancer Leo. So I'm like a, I want to be home in my slippers and pajamas and also a diva on the red carpet. I'm a Exactly. Half. (laughs) Same here. I love my hermit because Virgos were like, I'm ha- I'm a half Virgo, I swear to God. My chart is full of Virgo. Like I love staying home and writing and being in my jammies and watching TV and you know just being by myself. And then I'm like, I need to party. I need to like go see my friends and and then I put on makeup, you know, and just go and thing. party. Yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, we have the same thing. Uh, let's read some of the. I, this I've been dying to read this. Pepper spray will always kill the mo- mood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, that's a classic. I love that. And Alexa I love- says dating apps are unnatural. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, Alexa, they really are. Um, yeah. And uh, you don't know what people's agendas are. And there's some catfishes on it. And like, mm. hey, you um, And here. Oh, go ahead. Read it. Read it. Oh, sorry. Maximilian. Hi, ladies. Thank you for doing this forum. Great discussion so far. Body positivity is the best thing that has happened to entertainment in re recent years. Love this. Yes, I agree. It's really body positivity is I'm all for it. Thank yeah. God for it. Yes. I'm still in the old school where I think I have to look thin and pretty. I'm so sick of uh, it. Like, like I, it's part yeah. of the, the comedy routine though. It's yes. really funny because it's in your head. But you yes. still have to suck in your gut when you. Yes. Uh, well, even, even when I was doing body positivity lingerie shots, I was like, suck your belly in, move down, chin down. Look at the right, look at the left. You know, oh it's like, God. oh my God. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> Oh, I love this. Thank you, Jose. Great interview. Part one of many, I hope. I love that. Thank you so much. Yes, we sh you'll be back, right? She'll be back. Yes, I love yes. this show. I love Grace, and I want to be back. I'm so happy to be your first guest for you yeah. coming back, right? Yes. Now yes. you're going to start doing these every month or every week? Every month, yeah, on a monthly basis. Because when I started in the pandemic, it was like weekly. But now it's, you know, I think monthly is better because people are yeah. growing up. <laughs> They're not stuck at home, so it's not uh needed uh let's see oh thank you maximilian thank you again for this discussion very fun please do this again we will do it cool all right well thank you so much lydia for being on the first episode of love at first lap back in 2022 so we'll we'll chat again Definitely. sometime during the year namaste, namaste. <laughs> love you all love you guys thank you Keep your eyes on the good. Yes. Any, any, th that, keep your eyes on the good. That's the takeaway from all this conversation. <laughs>